So, last time on Standard Array, Ari was telling a story. Her story takes place on the continent of Persa. It is a calm island continent, and specifically for this world, it is the Isle of the Dead for the most part. Uh, the ocean exhales a cool, salty breath on each passing breeze, and the sands that adorn the shore sparkle as if they were granular specks of copper and gold. Spirits, when they, you know, when the person that kind of houses the spirit, the flesh house of the soul. <laughs> when um, people be dead. Yeah, when people be dead. <laughs> uh, their spirit is eventually beckoned to Persa. So that way they may leave the material plane. Where they go afterwards, it's kind of up to them and theirs. On the coastline, we have Ari. She is in charge of the way station where spirits arrive under Lathander, the god of life. And she's basically there to ensure that they come to terms that they are no more and prepares them to move on however long that might take. Ari, as this is kind of your domain, uh, what are some things about the coastline that are very particular that maybe Ari has established or has under Lathander kind of set up as like, I don't want to say like the reception area, but like the, the greeting area of like, hi, you're dead. Welcome. I'd say it's probably a shrine specifically set up for Ari um, and people sometimes leave things for the dead there. So there are comforting items there. There's probably like, you know, if unfortunately it a younger person passes, maybe there's some toys, maybe there's some delicious food, um, like snacks and beverages. It's probably like a, a very kind of serene feeling place. Uh, I imagine it's like a, like a relaxing oasis of some variety. It's got like comfortable chairs and soft blankets and things like that. Yeah. A lot, a lot of comfort items. Yeah. Super comfort items. Uh, like boxes of tissues that are readily available kind of deal like <laughs> beanbag chairs <laughs> it's it's a sad event but under lathander you know it's lathander being the god of life it's kind of like hey this is a part of life eventually which is the ending yeah and we should celebrate that you live and spirits kind of meander in the area you know they are not like Ooh, I'm a ghost. Uh, like at this point, they've kind of like gotten over the I'm going to haunt my neighbors for a week. <laughs> and they're kind of in that stage of asking what is next. And that's kind of the answers that Ari provides and kind of gets them set for. So sometimes spirits stay here for a few moments. Sometimes they stay here for a few years. Or it's just them kind of coming to terms that it is their time to move on. Yeah, it's like hotel for ghosts. <laughs> and when the offerings and such arrive, usually it's a, I don't want to say like a parade, but it is like a a vessel and like multiple people come down. And even though they might not be able to interact directly with the spirits or whatnot, they leave something for their beloved or they leave something for their friend. You know, they might even see glimpses of you there, but your presence there is mainly for the spirits, not for the people. Right. So usually it's a large ship with a lot of people all coming down off it. But today is a bit different. As you're tending to these people, you know, handing out tissues, talking, 
socializing. The spirits are kind of socializing with each other. You know, oh, what did you do? I used to be an accountant. What did you do? Oh, I was a, you know, warrior. Oh, that's two different job types. Yeah, strange, right? <laughs> you can see kind of in the distance over the, you know, nice shiny coastline and things like that. A boat, but not a large vessel. It almost looks like a rinky-dinky little rowboat. Okay. Unusual. Why don't you roll me a perception check to see if you can see who is the occupants of the boat. Okay. Or occupant. Fifteen? That's a pretty decent roll. Um, you can see that the boat is operated by a single person. It is a man. And just from this distance with that roll, you can tell that he looks like a commoner. Like, usually, like, when people come by, they're dressed in, you know, kind of almost funeral attire, things like that. This guy kind of looks like he just got off a day of work wearing kind of, I don't want to say burlap clothing, but that kind of canvassy, like, farmhand almost clothing. Sure. Like, very coarse material. Yeah. And he is rowing this boat as mechanically as possible and is heading directly for the shore, specifically towards your shrine. Okay. I mean, I feel like she'd wander out towards the beach with, like, her hand on her forehead kind of peering out across the waves, like, who in the name of Lathander is this? <laughs> so you wait on the shore for him, and after a couple minutes, again, he's not going, like, uncharacteristically fast or anything like that, but he's got, like, a very steady clip to him. Like, this is something that he's kind of accustomed to, is just a long, grueling row. Mm -hmm. uh, it's surprising because the nearest land is quite far, and the fact that he is rowing rather than sailing is, like, definitely a, a feat of determination, if nothing else. Sure. So you wait a few minutes on the shoreline, and... He eventually beaches the boat on shore, throws out a very rudimentary anchor, which is basically just a rope tied to the boat with a big rock at the end of it. Okay. Do you make your presence immediately known of like, hi, what are you doing? Or. Yes, she's very friendly, <laughs> but also does, does he look human? Like, what am I looking at here? He is a human type person, uh, looks to be like late 50s, uh, short crop. Brown hair, uh, kind of a beard, like not necessarily like well kept, but like trimmed down. Like he might be a laborer of some kind that like that is an interference thing. So he needs to like keep it kind of close. Keep it shorter. Yeah. And he looks like he's, I don't want to say panicked, but like excited, concerned to see you. Okay. Can I incite him? Yeah. Like try and register what on earth that is like absolutely oh it's not super great hold on uh i got a three so i probably don't know dick i just hmm. <laughs> yeah he, he makes an expression that is a combination of expressions that you are not used to <laughs> okay it's not alarming it's not like danger but he's just kind of like <gasps> <laughs> and he kind of like grabs you by like both your like arm slash like bicep area and it's like oh thank god I found you Lathander I've been praying and you haven't been answering so I figured I'd come here thank you thank you thank you and he just kind of like buries his head down and he's looking down and he kind of like <laughs> holds your arms more and then kind of like looks up and goes 
You know, not to be rude, but I thought that you would be much taller. I am not Lathander. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Uh, I've been, um, is he here? It's really important. No, he is not here. I am his assistant. How may I help you? He goes, um, my name is, I'm not sure. Do you hear, like, when we pray, do you hear that? Or do it is just, like, I don't know how this is supposed to work. Anyways, uh, my name is Romag Lanathan, and I'm trying to find my son. Like, and he's dead. I know he's dead. I know he's dead. I know that they come here. I, I've, you know. Yeah, sometimes they come here. It's highly unusual to come in such a small boat alone to grieve. I, I, I'm not, I'm not grieving. I need, it's, uh, it's an urgent matter. Why are you here if you are not grieving? I have to tell him news about his wife. The dead, uh, probably already know that. This, this is, no, this is very important. His wife, Falm, had a son. And he goes, in our culture, that means that, you know, when your husband passes, if you're a widow without an heir, you're supposed to remarry. But since she has a son, everything reverts to him. And it's really important that he knows that. I feel like if he didn't know that, he just, he couldn't go on. And, you know, it's it's very important to let him know that Falm had a son. And I'll let you do a history check if you want. That's a natural one. <laughs> I don't think she left this island much. <laughs> a lot of people come by. Actually, let me fail scale that. Just for the sake of getting you back. Remember, remember, no, no, remember when fair. you were rolling 97s on us? I don't know why the dice wanted that for you. It's not me. That's okay. This is only a 40. So, a lot of people come to the island. It's hard, you know, as as impersonal as it may be and as maybe not as impersonal as you'd want it to be, it's really hard to get to know everyone, let alone remember everyone that you've met. Right. Do you have an offering of a portrait of the child, perhaps? We could leave it here for him. He goes, no, uh, it was just last week. He goes, I know that when my son left, he was conscripted. He was very worried that, you know, his passing might cause her grief. And it has, but this is, he goes, I just don't want him to go without knowing that she's going to be okay. Hmm. Well, why don't you step into the shrine with me and I'll look and see if I have paperwork on him. Okay. Okay, that's fine. And he's kind of like, he seems like... Not really fatigued from rowing, but just kind of like, he seems almost like he kind of expected a little bit of backlog on it. So he, he seems, it's <laughs> like when you're waiting to get the keys for the apartment so you can kind of move in. It's that little anxious, like, I understand, okay, but come on. <laughs> She's just like, let me go see what I can do. <laughs> it's like, it's like the equivalent of a customer service rep being like, being asked a question they don't yeah, know the answer me, to. Yeah, let me, let me, let me, let me see if we can find someone manager. who knows the answer to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me check the system. <laughs> he goes with you into the shrine and I assume that you have kind of like, not necessarily like, it might not be like a big power desk, but you have like some type of organization system. I mean, something equivalent to a filing system for the time, I suppose, uh, which probably for her would be very messy and chaotic anyway, but it's like, 
I imagine she's organized chaos kind of deal. Like everything's like in folders, but it was definitely under that piece of pink cake. (laughs) Like (laughs) So the place is I don't want to say messy but unkempt. It's lived in. It's kind of like a legal office almost where it's like it's not like a library where everything has its place. It's like books are out and open like books are on top of books. Some books are on top of open books like, you know, it's just everything's kind of in its place. But Ari kind of moves through it with the grace of a dancer of like, let's see, incoming. You know, uh, he lets you know that his son's name is Jeffroy. And uh, same last name, uh, Lanathan. He goes, I can help you. And he starts to like pick up books with you. Like, I can help you look for it. I mean, I really don't mind. I can. Please don't touch anything. I have a system. Oh, okay. And he kind of like puts the book that he was holding down. (laughs) And then I guess I'm going to try and find paperwork for this person. Go ahead and roll me an investigation check. While you're doing that, he's just kind of telling you everything about Jeffroy that he can. She she probably would give him like a random snack and a chair. <laughs> like, what's the random snack, or do you want me to roll for it? Probably a cookie. I bet I imagine she bakes a lot of cookies that she just has them around. We'll say that it's a cookie with some type of cream cheese in it. Nice. So it's it's something very sweet, very fluffy, very decadent. Yeah. Uh, he kind of just takes the cookie and like sits down and like holds it as if he's going to eat it as he's talking. Okay. I got a, an 18 on my investigation check also. So you're looking through your stacks of paper, you know, your books, your open books and things like that. And almost ironically, uh, the book that you asked him to put down is like maybe the fourth one that you go to and his name's in the book. Huh. Okay. If, if, if he had helped, it might have went a little faster. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole the whole time he's just got that cookie and he's like, yeah, you know, it, it it's very important. And, you know, I just don't I don't feel like I would want to go without knowing. And he he has he has an amulet like mine. Uh, it's one of the family things. And he like pulls out like an amulet and it's like some dark obsidian thing with designs all carved into it. It's like it looks like this. I don't know if they have them when they go. Like if you're wearing your clothes. Does it look like it's magic? Well, I mean, you could do an arcana check, I guess. Yeah, I would like to. If that's OK. That's not going to be very good. I got a seven. <laughs> yeah, like it's not like arcanely, like it's not something clearly magical or anything like that. It doesn't even really like emanate anything magical. It just looks like pretty much like a shiny rock, shiny rock with carvings, you know, like and magic always kind of has like a formula quote quote to it, like runes and stuff. This doesn't look like that. It looks like it's like looks like circles kind of like in a maze, almost like. It looks like it could have been the shape of something, but it's really hard to indicate like what that shape is. It's very kind of abstract, almost like a uh, like a Rorschach test. Oh, okay. Uh, does the book indicate like when he was here, how long ago? Like, yes. So, Jeffroy appeared on the island six months ago. Has he already moved on? He just went towards uh, the center of the island where they go to move on yesterday. Okay. I imagine that I would hold this book as he's kind of babbling about whatever. And she's trying to pay attention, but she also just wants 
him to leave because <laughs> she doesn't really know what to do. Like he's not dead, so he's not really her responsibility. <laughs> yeah. He he he's he's about six foot two. Uh, he has blonde hair. I don't know if like that that transfers over or not. Um, uh, he likes books. Yeah, it says here that yesterday he already left for his departing. He what? He left for his departing yesterday, so he's already he's already at peace, sir. You don't even have to worry. But he no 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 he can't be. Oh yes, my records are very accurate, sir. Do you have a son? Do I look like I would have a son? I I don't I don't you're very intimidating. I am intimidating? Yeah, you're I gave you a cookie. How am I intimidating? It's just the desk and the books and <laughs> he just seems like he's like nervous and grasping at straws. He's like, "But what if he's what if he's still here?" He is not. My records are accurate. But is there a chance? Because I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to be that guy. But like, is there someone? Can I talk to Lefander? You sure cannot. Can I talk to your super? I don't know. I don't know what to. Do. It's very important. And if he's if he's gone, then I don't know how to tell him. And he's just kind of like, you can see that he's looking upset. So she puts a like a gentle a gentle hand kind of on his shoulder. She's but used he, to comforting. This is he, something natural. He he. And he just kind of, like, quietly, like, sobs for, like, a solid, awkward 20 seconds. She hands him a tissue. There are are many tissues here, very readily. He holds it in the same position, like he's going to eat it. Like the... The, the, like the cookie the <laughs> like you know when like someone's talking and they're about to eat something they kind of have it like up like they're like acknowledging like food yeah he has the tissue now in the other hand and it's just kind of like head down between the two hands oh no <laughs> she she kind of you know tries to soothe him and she's like grief is often a difficult time for many mortals it is natural to feel sad but he probably has realized already that he is a father. I can't do it twice. He just head still down. He's just like I can't I can't let him down twice. We've already buried him once and I thought that I'd be able to do something right by him with this news and and he just kind of like gets like really really quiet uncomfortably. And just you can just see like the shoulder rocking. Like he's not like out loud like sobbing, but you just see the little like the little bobs of the shoulder. This is clearly a man who kind of represses that. Uh, I feel like Ari would be like, can I perhaps get you a cup of tea? Silence. Just little shoulder rock. After a couple seconds, like you just see the head kind of while facing downward, just kind of give you a nod of. Okay. Uh, so she probably like turns and, and like gets a, like the stuff to make her cup of tea. Which, I don't know why I imagine it would just magically be there. Like, I want tea. Boop, here it is. Like, as if we're in the good place that, almost. That's exactly <laughs> what happens. You are a demigod type person. <laughs> so you just kind of like, I'm going to get you some tea. And you kind of just like turn, like maybe your back to him, like towards your desk. And like in your paperwork area, you just kind of like put your hand out and like a saucer kind of appears. You take another hand out. Like a cup appears, put the cup on it, you know, reach like almost like there's a cupboard there that no one else can see. Yeah, but there's nothing. Yeah, yeah. you take the tea kettle out of it. Are you taking sugar into your tea, sir? You have to kind of like look at him to get the response. Little head nod. Okay. 
She puts some in, gives it a little milk, and then hands him some. <laughs> Gingerly. He holds it in the tissue hand, still like head between. So now he's got cookie tissue cup. I am sorry that you feel so burdened by this. Uh, how did you let him down a second time, though? He died, you said, in a war? That would not be your fault, sir. He went in my place. Oh. I see how that could completely be your fault, then. That would be very upsetting. <laughs> just... <laughs> just sobbing. Just, just that long... <laughs> Yeah, this is this is kind of like your forte, but it's oh, it's not any less uncomfortable. It's just you've learned how to kind of deal with it. <laughs> yeah, she just kind of sits there awkwardly while people cry. Like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> that is sad. That is very sad for you. <laughs> I have heard cookies and tea are comforting, so you should have them. <laughs> just nod. I'm still holding them. Are you sure there's no way we can check? Please, just... She kind of just wants to be rid of him, and she's like... He goes, I, I understand, it's like, but if there's any... And he kind of looks at you, and you can kind of see, like, the, the little tear stains. Like, like they're very, they're very small. Like, he's been trying not to let them out, but you can just see, like, the little, the little run in his dust-covered face. <laughs> and he goes, I, I don't mind if the answer's still, you know, that he's gone. He goes, but... I rode all the way out here, and if I didn't at least give it a chance. He is gone, that I can assure you, but if it would comfort you, we can double check with the door. He looks at the door of your shrine, like, what's it say? Oh, not that door. We must travel to the center of the island in order to check the door. Okay. And he goes, yeah, okay. And he, like, stands up, and it's just kind of like... <laughs> You should eat that cookie first, though. You will need your strength. He very quickly, like, scarfs down the cookie of just, like, almost like he hasn't eaten in a day or so. Just, like, like, nosh, 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 nosh. Quickly drinks the tea, like, wipes his mouth and then wipes the inside of the glass with the tissue. Is that enough sustenance for you to continue? I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Uh, and she takes the cup from him and then I imagine it just disappears in her hand and then <laughs> she like starts moving towards the front door uh, he follows eagerly and awkwardly behind like he doesn't know the correct spacing to give you so like at some points he's like a step behind you like almost walking on your feet and then he realizes that he's too close and he like backs up and now he's like five steps behind you so he's like he's, he's trying to find that comfortable <laughs> middle ground but he he follows you like wherever you go. He's he's like a little puppy to you right now. And my shadow, who's sad and crying. <laughs> <laughs> so the door, as you referenced it, is at the center of the island. Persa's not a particularly dangerous place, quote quote. Like, don't get me wrong, there are beings of extreme power and stuff like that. But it's not necessarily like, ooh, like everything's here to kill you. You know, it's it's relatively tranquil. Like even some of the wildlife there, some of them as old as time itself, uh, respects the gods that walk the island and 
their counterparts such as yourself. Maybe it's like as she walks through the forest, all the birds just line up <laughs> out of the way. Kind of deal. Like. Almost. Not like necessarily paying homage <laughs> or anything like that. It's not like they respect you. They just know not to mess with anything on the island. So like even at one point, there's probably like a very large cat. We'll say that there's like a jaguar that was like directly in front of where you're walking. And yeah, so she probably would just put her hand out to the man behind her and would look ahead and like lock eyes with this creature. Just roll me a quick animal handling. That, that, that sounds like a fun, oh, yeah? fun one. Okay. Oh, shit, I got a nat 20. <laughs> you have a very calm presence about you. So you look down at this, you tell the man behind you to stop, and you just kind of, like, look at this cat. And the cat kind of, like, looks back up at you and walks towards you and, like, rubs up against the side of you like a cat, like, aww. <laughs> like, lets out a big purr and then just, like, sits out of your way. She probably gives him a little bit of a scritch and then continues. <laughs> it... it lifts its chin up and it's just the purr almost sounds like a car engine as you walk away and that, when you walk away like it still kind of like stares after you for a second of like yeah there she goes before going about its business <laughs> meanwhile the guy behind me is probably shitting himself <laughs> you journey towards the center of the island you know nature itself almost marks you a path through it like it's a very easy tread. You know, you pass through some nice island trees, like some palms, and then, like, as you get a little bit deeper, some... I'm not a tree expert, but someone will probably correct me on it. Like, trees with branches and tons of leaves and fruit. Almost like, I don't want to say an orchard, but like a natural grove. Maybe like a citrus grove or something? Yeah. And when you get towards the center, that's almost when the island seems more populated. There's a almost like a little town. It's fenced off. It has these big stone gates around it. You know it as the center of Persa. It's identifiable by, one, the town itself. Uh, two, a large beaming blue light that emanates from the center of the island where you know that the souls go to ascend or descend, depending on you know what kind of person they were, maybe. Or maybe not exist at all. And three, by a large gate in front of it, manned by a single person who's got a queue of spirits kind of lined up to him. And you know this person to be Hank. I feel like from a distance, Ari would wave excitedly at him. <laughs> uh, Hank kind of acknowledges of like a little like, Eh, like kind of head thing before like going and talking to the spirit that's in front of him in queue where if you were in charge of arrivals, Hank is in charge of departures. Uh, you work with Lathander, uh, the God of life. Hank works with the Raven queen, the God of death, which makes you kind of like coworkers yeah. in the same sense of like someone's in the receiving area and someone's working the front desk. Right. So, uh, you can see Hank speaking with the spirit in front of him. Seems pleasant as always. Just, all right, are you sure this is your time? And the little gnomish spirit's like, well, 
I mean, yeah, it was a it was a long life, you know, it was a good life, and you know, the the lady up front was really, really nice. She gives cookies. He goes, Yes, yes, I know she gives cookies. So are you ready to go? And he goes, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean it was a pretty decent run. It's like, yeah, I mean, if I could have a chance to go about it again, I certainly would. It's like Hank just kind of looks down and is like, that's not possible. Like, this is this is you leaving. Are you ready to leave? The gnome looks up and is like, well, maybe. And then you show up. <laughs> uh, Hank looks surprised to see you and looks more surprised that someone's with you. <laughs> Greetings, Hank. I apologize for interrupting your work. No, no, it's fine. I wasn't really doing anything important at all. The gnome spirit looks up and is kind of like, Almost offended, but doesn't know if they should be offended. Well, hi again, Arthur. Hi. Do you have any more cookies? She was just literally just materializes a cookie and we give it to him. Oh, and he just kind of like, he savors every little bite of it. He just like takes little nibbles. <laughs> uh, quick question. Have you seen the spirit? And I feel like she'd materialize the book that she was looking at and show him the name. Has he already passed through yesterday? Former soldier of blonde? Likely human? Jeffroy Lanthanen. Uh, let me see. I honestly see a lot of people in these days. and uh, Yeah, a lot of wars. From behind you, Romig kind of like goes up and is kind of like, I can help, please, sir. Like anything. Let me help. You know, he's like, just seems like the same, almost like anxiety level as when he first met you. Like he was kind of calm walking through the forest. Mm. And Hank kind of has to like put a hand out and be like sir 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 step back <laughs> he's like right i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm just i would just kind of look down at him almost like in a like a scolding mom kind of way but also like in the same like oh i'm cherishing this poor mortal kind of face he goes you wait your turn because you enjoy your cookie can i talk to you for a second and he's looking at ari when he says that of course and he kind of like ushers you a couple steps to the side she follows him. He looks at you and he seems like pleasant enough until like he gets you like away from those two and specifically the queue. <laughs> and he goes, you know, it's extremely against policy to bring people this far into the island. I know I am aware, but he wouldn't go. And he was so, so sad. You just tell him no. And even though I know my paperwork was right, he wanted to make sure. And I thought if you could confirm that he had indeed gone through the door that he would just leave. He goes, that is incredibly irresponsible. But he was so sad. He goes, yes, they, they, they all are sad. He goes, and then, and then your job is to make him happy and either make him come my way or well, yes. get him the fuck off the island. <laughs> but he's not dead. I. <laughs> he goes, I know it's unusual, but you know we there, there's 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 job hierarchies that we have to do, and you know there's different little, and I'll let you roll a perception check, and I'm gonna roll one for Hank too. <laughs> As he kind of gets into lambasting you of like, see, there's hierarchies and like we we are at the bottom rung and you it's like to do this is. That was not a good role. I have to tell you that right now. Hank has perception kind of trained, so it's okay. I got a five. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank God for your partner. <laughs> oh, uh, so as he's talking to you. Like, there's just a moment of, like, there's a hierarchy, and it's like, if a boss, you know, if our boss Probably something he can see behind me over my shoulder or something. Yeah. I imagine he's talking to me, and I've got my back to the line. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like, you know, if our bosses find out that this is happening, he kind of, like, looks up suddenly. He's like, 
hey, 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 get out of here, get out of here. <laughs> it's, I feel like she would whip around. What do I see? Ramig is trying to, like, look through the book while Hank is, like, not there. Like, he's, like, trying to find the name. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, stop that, stop it. Hank shoots a look back at Ari of, like, what have you brought me? She just kind of looks at him with, like, a look like, teehee. I'm cute. <laughs> yeah. like, please, please forgive. Forgive. I am our cute. <laughs> Hank slides the book like away from Robig. Like after like shooing him off, like he gets it like even closer to him. It's just like scooch. Yeah. Hank just kind of like stares at him for a really long time. Looks down at the book, flips a couple pages. Yep. He's been through here. Status. Onboarding. And I feel like Ari would put her hands together like, oh, everything's solved now. And she'd look at the man and be like, see, as I said, records are impeccable. And Hank goes, technically, onboarding is the stage between. He passed the gate. He's not. And he kind of gestures vaguely at the big light. But sometimes that does take time, does it not? Some people are afraid to make the, the jump, so to say. And Hank almost kind of like makes a laugh at like his own dumb joke and then realizes like it's uncouth and like stops. (laughs) (laughs) Make the jump. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Ari just kind of looks at him like almost scolding, like, don't you dare. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Raw makes like, so he's he's in there. Technically, but he is past your reach now. Well, can he can he come out here and I can talk to him? Hank looks at him and is like, no. He goes, a lot of people take a lot of time to get to this point and to have him progress in progress would, I mean, that's how souls get lost. He is right. He was already here for six months before you came. And Rame's like, he's, he's right there. He's right. And he's just, he looks like he's like getting a little emotional. He's like, can we go a little bit further, please? And he looks at Ari. He's like, please. He goes, just if he's, I'm so close. Hank has already told you it is not appropriate. Hank looks at you and is like, that's right. It's incredibly inappropriate. And you go, Rame kind of looks at him and he goes, well, maybe I want to speak to your supervisor then. Ari almost laughs at him at that point. Yeah. Because like our supervisors are literally gods. And she just kind of <laughs> does one of those demure things where she puts her hand over her mouth. So that way he can't see that she's almost laughing at him. You know what I mean? Just like, <clears throat> I do not believe that would be possible. Hank, like, looks at him and is like, absolutely not. There's one way to see my supervisor, and you're not going to like the way to get there. Ask this guy. And he points down to the gnome with the cookie. Rame kind of, like, stares at him, and Hank has to explain, like, you have to die. You die, you see her. No one else sees Milady unless they pass the mortal coil. You get that, right? You'd have to die. Rame is, he definitely seems very upset at this answer. I mean, Ari feels for him because she recognizes he feels guilt that he got his kid killed because his kid decided to be honorable and take his dad's place, Mulan style, uh, and it just didn't work out for him. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, he did. He definitely did not get the Mulan treatment. (laughs) She probably would like respect Hank enough to not want to like fuck with him. And she's just like kind of torn. So she's like looking at sad man, looking at Hank. Looking at sad man, looking at Hank. Uh, Ramig inhales. Like it's not like a sigh of relief or anything like that, but it's like stealing his nerves. And he goes, "Well, I'm not leaving." Um, you do not have a choice. You must leave. 
Well, I'm not. Not until I can see him. I'm standing right here. And the little gnome guy looks up and is like, but I was next in line. Oh, you will still be next in line, Arthur. Do not worry. Hank also chimes in and is like, yeah, also it took you two years to get here. So I think I think you can wait another 15 minutes while we resolve this. Ari, a sidebar. Uh, sure. Yeah, she'd probably, as, as I get there, she'd be like, I do not know how to get rid of this man. I've never encountered someone so irritatingly stubborn. I know, right? It is against policy to harm the mortals that arrive here. He goes, oh, trust me, I know, because otherwise that guy would be on the fucking moon right now. <laughs> he goes, but I didn't do this. You did this. He's like, and I, I know I I'm, did I'm this. not trying to be a jerk or anything, but it's kind of one of those. No, like, I recognize I made a mistake and I am sorry. I was too soft. I need to be more like you. Hank. I mean, you know, I mean, yes, but besides that. <laughs> I do not know what to do. Maybe we could just give him a small peek. Maybe it won't kill him. He goes, oh, if it doesn't and we get caught, someone's going to die here. He goes, I don't want to die. You don't want to die. She's on site today. Milady is on site today. Yes. That's rare. Yeah. It's a big issue that he's this far. You got to get rid of him. (sighs) Okay, I will do my best. And perception check. Okay. Six. <laughs> I don't know why my dice does not like perception. <laughs> so you go, okay, I'll do my best. And you and Hank both turn, and he's gone. And it's just the gnome eating the cookie. Arthur? Mm-hmm. Where did the living man go? He takes like a big like bite of the cookie, and without saying anything, he just points to the door. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she'd bust out her wings and, like, fly in there. Yeah, Hank is definitely, like, following suit. Like, we are so fucked. (laughs) Just me. Just me. I will take the fall. It was my responsibility. Well, I'm supposed to be watching the door, and now someone's in the door, and so that makes me... It is my fault. Well, that's that's great and all. He goes, I agree. 100%. It's not going to be seen that way. Let's just get him. <laughs> oh, hello there. I, I'm kind of in the middle of something. Oh, you want a cookie? I, I suppose I can give you a cookie. What's this you're handing me? Special thanks to our god-tier patrons, Aaron Gibbs and Daniel Barton. If you want to support Standard Array, visit patreon.com slash fantasybanjo. Um, thank you for this, but again, I, I really must go. It's rather important that I catch this man. <laughs> See you later. Bye. So, you fly up, and you kind of get like a nice little bird's eye view. The center has a bunch of spirits in it. It's really kind of hard to see people from the crown. And it would be easy to kind of pick um, Ramig out from the rest if whereas Waldo was like a sea of like spiritual people and like one physical person if it wasn't for the fact that there are other beings here too in the sense of like there's definitely like archons that are kind of like you know angelic figures that kind of help maintain the island they're almost like your subordinates in a sense like Deva not like Deva but just pretty much picture like almost like angels okay yeah, but, like, definitely, like, lower tier. Like, you outrank them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're mainly housed in the center area of the island. 
Uh, in addition to that, there are actually some like mortal clerics that are like this is like their big end pilgrimage, especially for the Raven Queen. Like mm-hmm. they're kind of there as the people that as they're about to enter the light is like, say, the last rites, like make sure they're kind of like ready to go clean conscious, everything like that. Mm-hmm. So this area is highly populated, surprisingly, especially since spirits don't really take too much room. <laughs> it's populated, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you do manage to make out two figures as they're, I don't want to say like immediately behind the door, but close enough to the door where like you and Hank fly up and you immediately see him, mainly because they're very recognizable to you. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, you see the Raven Queen, who we'll describe as standing almost like a giant over the crowd. She's probably like 14, 15 feet tall, dark hair shaved on the sides that's long on top and kind of very stylized and kind of like it's got that kind of goth chic fashion going on. Sure. Uh, Pale, stoic, sharp eyed. And she is speaking with another god that you weren't expecting there, uh, which is Avandra. Oh. And Avandra appears to be very childish in looks. But she's almost as tall as some of the spirits and, like, some of the archons and stuff like that with her. Okay. You know, so she's, like, a a very tall child. Uh, (laughs) She looks almost like she's probably about, like, 12. Okay. uh, And is wearing a big oversized tunic that looks super comfy and is adorned with (laughs) sparkly, sparkly sequins. That shimmer green and light. Yes. And you can actually, as you and Hank probably like go up and it's like, oh shit. And kind of like dip back like out of sight. Dive, dive, dive. <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's probably like, oh, I 100% agree. But we're, we are fucked in like kind of get up. And it's like, if this was a movie, like the cameras, like from their perspective is like just seeing uh, like an angel with like black wings and an angel with white wings kind of like fly up above and go <gasps> and like go behind a building. <laughs> uh, you kind of catch a conversation that they're having. Uh, Avandra, very childlike and in wonder, is looking up at the Raven Queen and is like, did you hear about Corlon's mixer in the Feywild? <laughs> and the Raven Queen just very stoic is like, I did. So what time are you going? I heard that Bahamut's going and Mistress going and Vergaden is going and the Raven Queen interrupts and is like, sorry, dear, I'm I'm not going. And it, as if like from that camera perspective, the Raven Queen goes to like turn and like monitor something else in the area. When she passes over Avandra, Avandra is now a young maiden like she's taller, almost like equal height to the Raven Queen, but clearly much older too, probably like mid 20s. Yeah. Uh, she's now wearing a flowy little tan sundress with like little accents of green on it. Has these big mm-hmm. thick nerd glasses, almost like a very <laughs> Zoe Deschanel kind of nerd aesthetic going on. Got it. She's like, oh, come on. Like even her voice is changing. Like, it'll be fun. Raven Queen goes, it's too much work to be done. Work can wait. We'll be in and out of there in no time. The Raven Queen just, you know, like still monitoring, like writing notes and such like that. And it's like, not all gods have the ability to do whatever they want. And she like passes over another way. And when she passes over again, from that perspective of Vondra changes, and she's now a much older woman, like probably 
mid eighties. She's got these big, <laughs> thick Coke bottle glasses. Hair's all like bunched up in curls now. And she just seems to be almost wearing like what the child was wearing, like a big comfy sweater, but like with lace coming out of the top. <laughs> old lady style. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like your typical like missed out fire. Like <laughs> yeah, still gigantic compared to the people around her. And Evandra just goes like, not all gods have the ability to be, nah, nah, nah. We're gods. That's precisely what we get to do. Where are you going? (laughs) (laughs) And they kind of like have a conversation kind of as the camera goes back to like Hank and Ari, I assume like press against the wall, like out of sight. Like, (laughs) yeah, like, (laughs) 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 what is she doing here? Oh, you know, Evandra just goes wherever she wants. We are. Fuck. Okay, okay, well, I mean, I haven't heard screaming yet. Perhaps we are not fucked. Perhaps we are just... Maybe Evander will distract her long enough that we can just, unnoticed, grab him. Okay, and where is he? I don't know. And that sounds like a skill challenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, this is a skill challenge for one person. There are four successes, and there are three failures. Much similar to the rules that you ran when we did our origin stories, you cannot use the same skill twice, is the way that we're going to play it. Uh, I'm going to add an additional caveat to it and say that you can't use the same skill twice at all. Oh, throughout throughout the whole. Because it's just you. Okay. Because Ari's in a sticky situation. But Hank is there. So... I will allow one point of inspiration given to you as a gift to re-roll any one that you want. Okay, okay. I'm going to make this black dice my Hank dice for if I need it. Sounds good. So, obviously, the objective of the skill challenge is find Romig and, you know, avoid detection, obviously, because y'all kind of like your jobs and the gods aren't (laughs) angry people. But when they're angry, oh boy. What's the first thing you'd like to do to try and find Romig? Um, I would like to try to investigate by like peeping over the ledge or whatever that we're on. Try to peek over and see if I can distinctly see him sticking out in the crowd. Sounds fair. Go ahead and roll it. 16. I'm glad we got that out of the way. That's a success on the nose. Oh, shit balls. <laughs> <laughs> So at least now you know the number you have to beat. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So as you peer over the little walls, you know, you can kind of hear the Raven Queen and Avandra's conversation going on of like, Avandra, what are you even doing here? (laughs) It's like, oh, it's just in the neighborhood and wanted to come hang out. And she's like the little child form again, like, you know, just doing stuff and like finger guns at her. (laughs) (laughs) But you do like kind of like look around and you can see... Ramig, he seems to know that this isn't an area he's supposed to be in, so he's trying to be sneaky. Well, he should fucking know. We told him, like, three times. Absolutely. (laughs) But he's, like, working his way through the crowd and, like, looking up. Like, he's not, like, trying to draw attention to himself and, like, shouting. But you can see him kind of, like, working his way through and, like, looking in buildings and, like, basically kind of searching everywhere that he can. But he's quite a ways away. Okay. Three successes left. Also three failures. 
Investigation permanently off the table. Um, can I try to make eye contact with him to like intimidate him and to come in the fuck back over? Like, get over here. Like when your mom <laughs> sees you doing some shit you shouldn't be doing. You know what I mean? And from a distance, she'd give you that look and she'd gesture to you like when you were in church and you were fucking up from far away. <laughs> Absolutely. Go ahead and roll it. A 21? Oh, that'll succeed. <laughs> so he's like looking through the buildings, stuff like that. And he's he does a little like meerkat moment of like looking back at the door to make sure no one's following him. <laughs> and he sees you and you've got mad mom face. <laughs> And you can see, like, a moment click in his head of, like, fight or flight. <laughs> and he chooses flight and just kind of, like, starts to, no. like, run away even faster. Like, when you're when you're a mom and you're, like, chasing a kid around, Fuck. like, get out of here, Tom, get over here, yeah. get over here. <laughs> yeah, and he's, like, he's hauling ass now. Like, he's moving at four times speed. So, it's a good streak to be on. Two success is left three failures still up on the table but two i assume of your strongest skills are now barred which is the plan <laughs> <laughs> so as he's running she's gonna get pissed and i'd like to use arcana to cast hex on him so i can't lose him in the crowd again Alrighty, go ahead and roll arcana and as for my skill challenges spells don't cast slots or anything like that it's just for the the effect of the spell i do the same thing yeah that makes sense that 21 again? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Apparently Ari's mad. <laughs> oh, yes. He has clearly made you upsetty spaghetti. <laughs> it's kind of hard to do it on the sly, but how does it look when Ari does the, the hex? Because she's also trying not to draw attention to herself. Yeah. I mean, I always feel like with Ari, because her magic is like more kind of light and airy in general... That it would almost look like, um, have you ever seen Spirited Away? And there's that scene with the dragon Haku being chased by all those little white paper people. Mm-hmm. I almost imagine that it'd be like one little white paper person, just like, or like almost like a paper airplane that just drifts across and just sticks to his back. <laughs> yeah, and now you're keenly <laughs> aware of where he is. Um, he's working his way deeper into the area, so once you do catch him, it's going to be quite a trek to get him out. Okay. But absolutely that you manage to do that. One success left, three failures still on the table. Investigation, Intimidation, and Arcana are all gone. Okay, I'm going to do something ballsy. So I feel like she would, at this point, just be like, I just have to go in there and get him. And if they see her, she's going to bluff as to why they, she's there. Like, she's going to try and lie <laughs> about what she's doing. Like, oh, I just, I heard that Avandra was here for a visit. It's been so long kind of thing. <laughs> like, no, no, just usual visits. Uh, sometimes I like to say hi to Hank and he told me that the lady was here and it's very exciting. <laughs> like, kind of deal. <laughs> I got you. So is that deception? Mm, if you don't mind. I'll allow it. 17. The dice are hot for you. Apparently. I actually just have a very, also very good, I saved one of my good skills. Deceptions plus five. <laughs> so, that's a success. Do, 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 do. Yay! She just lies her little ass off when she gets in there. But not all successes are very good successes. I know. <laughs> so, 
there's a moment where you're like, I just, I gotta go get him. I know where he is. I've seen him. I know he's fucking around where he's not supposed to be fucking around. <laughs> I know exactly where that piece of shit is. <laughs> and you take like 10 trudging steps forward of like mom pursuit mode of like, I know, I, yeah, I know where you are. Like, <laughs> and <Yeah>. immediately <laughs> one of the archons are like, oh, like, Hari, you're not supposed to be up here. What's oh, up? hello, dear ones. I just heard that you were on Persa, and it was so rare that I thought I'd say hello and check to make sure that Hank was still keeping everything clean here for you. Uh, ab- absolutely. <laughs> I mean, right, Hank? Hank's like, yes, that is exactly what we're doing right now. Yeah, she heard that we had company, and she wanted to be here for it. You know how I do so love to greet people. He goes, oh, okay, uh, Avandra. And he kind of like waves her down. And Avandra, still in her like childlike form, comes over with her big sweater and is like, Ari, 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 nice to see you. How are you? How are things? I am very well, Lady Avandra. It is so grand to see you today. You look so luxurious as always in that sweater. Oh, thank you. It's new. I decided to try a little something new. And she like shakes and like the sequins are like shining in the light in different directions. (laughs) Ari is actually momentarily distracted like, Oh, I very much love that sweater. <laughs> it is so sparkle. <laughs> this has now got the attention of the Raven Queen, too. It's like, Ari, Hank, what are you doing here? And Hank's like, oh, you know, that's a super interesting story. Well, you know, Ari here just really wanted to see, you know, uh, her her lady, Avandra. And, you know, Nilfander is kind of out and doing his thing, you know, being Lathander is like, she wanted to come by and see. She had cookies. I actually accidentally left them at the front desk. If you want to go get them, oh yeah, yeah. He goes, should, should I do? Should and there's like an awkward exchange of like Hank's like, oh no, I I can go get them. Uh, I just you know I think I I left them this direction. Don't worry, we'll 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 hang out for a minute. And Hank's kind of like looking at you, like sweating bullets as he's like, I'm 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 playing the decoy. Please God help. She's going to, like, try to go in the direction she pointed where she knows this asshole is, uh, where she also said there were cookies, but she can materialize cookies, so she's like, I'll worry about that after. (laughs) (laughs) And so you kind of skitter off as Hank's, like, you can hear Hank kind of making small chat of, like, so, Avandra, how's the... How's the game treating you? And she's like, oh, it's always great when you're the best player. And, you know, there's like a little awkward, like, ha ha, back and forth with Hank of like <laughs> uh-huh. oh, oh, not no. being a personal person <laughs> trying to stall. <laughs> but you're you're able to kind of like dip away at least a little bit. Okay. So she's she spots this asshole, right? Yes. Uh, you see Romig in the crowd and he's actually like talking to someone. Uh, one of the spirits. Great. Does it appear to be like the sun like it appears to be a person that matches the description of what he was saying great uh she is going to try to grab him and fling him over the wall without anyone <laughs> noticing him just yeet this guy <laughs> she's just going to yeet him <laughs> all all personableness is out the door he won't get hurt i'm sure he'll be fine but but she's gonna yeet him so that way they don't see just him. roll me either 
an athletics check or an acrobatics check if you want to do it in a flashy way. I'll allow either. <laughs> roll a yeet. I'll, I'll roll for acrobatics. I'll make a check and make it flashy. A 21 to yeet this man. <laughs> There's a nice moment of, oh yeah, I'll be right back. You kind of like fade into the crowd a little bit. And if there's a perspective of, like, a side shot of, like, these two having a conversation that you can't hear, there's just, like, a a nice, like, streak of white and yellow. And you just see poor Rombeg just kind of, like, fly up into the air. And the camera kind of, like, follows him from the ground level of where you are. Just, like, yeah! <laughs> and just kind of, like, arms flailing and, like, kicking in the air as he, like, sails over the fence. And you can just hear, like, tree branches, like... You hear the spirit next to you just go, well, that was kind of rude. Here's a cookie. Say nothing to anyone about what you have seen here today. Thanks. And, you know, it's the one that he was talking to, and you can see him, like, grab the cookie. And he goes, all right. Um, cool. That was your father, correct? Yes. And you can roll an insight check on that. Okay. As he gives you that exact <laughs> level of pause before it. God, why are my insight rolls so bad? <laughs> I got a three. Ari trusts everything. <laughs> All the time. Just, this seems fine. <laughs> and there's a nice little, like, pat of the hands, like, job done. <laughs> good. Yep. Good. I will miss him. Okay. Okay. Good. Very good. Please continue forward into the light. Okay. Very good. I'm going to take these cookies back now. Okay, (laughs) bye-bye. Okay, say nothing. You didn't see this happen. You saw nothing. (laughs) Not not a thing. (laughs) She's just going to turn and leave. (laughs) So you get back to Hank, Evandra, and the Raven Queen. Kind of still mid-conversation. And Hank's just like, and I saw the biggest dog. And it was like so big. You would not guess how big it was. Guess how big it was. How big was the dog, Hank? Oh, it was relievingly big. Yes. Could it also fly? No, it was. I have seen flying dogs. It was just in my dream. It was a normal dog. Hey, look, cookies. I have brought the cookies and then I will give them to you and I must immediately get back to my post because I do not want to be irresponsible. Right, Hank? We do not want to be irresponsible. Absolutely not. Right. Thank you again, my ladies. Uh, it's always a pleasure to see you. Evandra goes, Ari, it's always a pleasure to see you too. You should come to Coralon's Mixer if you have the chance. Like, I'm not sure if that lead, if she gets time off and she looks at the Raven Queen. And the Raven Queen looks down at Evandra's like, I'm not her boss. And she's like, oh, well, like, you can ask Lathander if you can come. Maybe Hank can come too. And Raven Queen's like, Hank is busy. <laughs> <laughs> I am likely also busy. Unfortunately, the business of life and death is never ending. Yeah, it's almost like it's a, a matter of life and death. <laughs> like a cycle of life, perhaps. Yes. Anyways, we should go. Yep. <laughs> she just, they just zoop. And they kind of <laughs> skirt away and they're walking back towards the door. And Hank is just like, <sighs> like you can see like the stress just like melt off him. <laughs> like, oh my God. Okay, he's gone. Where'd you, what'd you do with him? I threw him over the fence. Oh? I have to go make sure he is not dead now. Hopefully, maybe. Ah, but then he'd be back here. Fuck. 
Because what did he want? <laughs> he was talking to his son. His son said he would miss him and that he would not tell on us. Oh, well, that's good. He also said that it was rude that I threw him, which I'm sure it very much was, but he was rude first, so I think we might be even. Hank just looks you dead in the eye and goes, sometimes rude is necessary. The important thing is, is that it's all over. And I will need you to do a perception check. Oh no, because I'm so good at those, we've noticed. Eleven? Cool, the DC was five. Because <laughs> it's something oh, extremely <laughs> noticeable. <laughs> oh no. Light tends to shed a certain hue of light, yes? Yeah, usually it's blue. It's blue over here, right? Yeah, and blue light usually has blue light coming off of it. Sure, sure. And this is something that you've been around for for hundreds of hundreds of years. You know, you've been at this job a very long time. And as you're looking at Hank, the blue light's kind of washing over one side of his face. And you see the blue light kind of darken. <laughs> And turn into a shade of purple. And then a shade of green. And then back to blue. No. Oh, no. And then back to purple. Um, <laughs> Hank, do you suppose Lady Avandra has installed fairy lights within the wool? Hank looks at you and he goes, Oh, knowing Avandra, that could be possible. And he looks over towards the pillar of light. And there's a moment of, I won't make you roll an insight for this, because it's an <laughs> expression that Hank usually doesn't have, which is horror. <laughs> <laughs> and as you look over yourself to the Pillar of Light, you can see it where it's usually a steady blue, almost like a glow, like a very soft, like it's not like rushing, like cascading water or anything like that. It's like a soft, like glow upwards. Uh, it's not very stable. Like it keeps like, changing hues and different colors. You know, it always seems to oscillate through those three. Blue, purple, green, blue, purple, green. And there's a almost dissonant sound, like a keening just through the air, almost like a camera flash getting ready to go up. Oh, no. And the light begins to, like, waver and flicker and, like, move almost violently, if light could. But those are not fairy lights, are they, Hank? Those are not fairy lights. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> In the foreground of the light, uh, you can see the Raven Queen and Avandra, like, looking up at it, almost concerned. And there's a moment of, like, the Raven Queen looking back at you and Hank. And her expression is still stoic, but there's a very cold tinge of judgment that runs down your spine. Oh, no. <laughs> and then the ground starts to rumble, and I will need you to make a dexterity save. Okay. 21. Nice. The ground starts to rumble, and everyone begins to get a little panicky, besides the two gods. And it's very rapid and very sudden, that you notice that one Hank has lost his balance. He failed his deck save and has fallen to the ground. And two, the ground starts to fall from itself, as in the ground is starting to fall away, centered at the light, just kind of. Almost like a uh, sinkhole or an earthquake. Oh, that's not great. <laughs> Hank seems 
taken off guard by the situation, especially now that it's like, oh, I'm on the ground. Oh, there's almost no ground. Is he like in danger of falling? Yes. Oh, uh, I would like to grab Hank. (laughs) I don't want my friend to fall into nothing. (laughs) Uh, You grab him and he grabs you like it's one of those like arms interlocking arms thing. Okay. And before the ground falls out, like in super close proximity to you, he's just like, we got to go. She just nods. (laughs) You can feel like the pull of his thunder jump happen. You know, it's kind of like spaghettification where it's like you're there one second and you kind of feel like the pull. And now you're 90 feet in the air in like diagonal. You're over the gate. You can see the light flickering and the ground falling. Mm -hmm. And then the light starts to like expand outwards where the kind of meeting where the ground has fallen out. Okay. Still flickering blue purple green blue purple green it's a very quiet moment and a very sudden moment i'm not sure if you've ever seen test footage of them or anything like that but like a nuclear bomb has gone off yeah and there's that nice little like beforehand yeah and a light rushes outward towards you you can feel the pull of the thunder jump one more time but it doesn't get you far enough, fast enough. Oof. It's disorienting when the light passes over you because you realize that you're tumbling out of control and in the air. I still have Hank's hand. Hank is not with you at this point. Oh, no. And there's the visual, like if we did a first person perspective on this, you would see like the flash of light come out. Hmm. And after that, it's almost like that GoPro footage of a GoPro falling out of a helicopter where it's just sky, trees, sky, trees, sky, trees getting really close, sky, trees getting really close. And then eventually just bramble and branches. Just Okay. Do I take fall damage? Uh, we'll say that you take a sufficient amount to where the world goes black for a second. You wake up. You're on the beach. Specifically your beach. That seems to be how far you've been thrown. It has a different air about it, where the ocean was breathing cool breaths of salty air before. It feels very still, but cold. I feel like she'd like sit up with like sand coming out of her hair with like horror on her face, kind of shell-shocked. Um, but then she'd immediately remember, like, oh, shit, we we jumped and then Hank wasn't with me. Where is Hank? And she would probably start calling. Hank? Hank? Here. He looks like he got the worst of it. Like, he's kind of, like, kind of almost cartoonishly, like, buried into the sand. Like, there's a nice little trail from where it seems like Hank kind of burst through the woods. <laughs> ate it. <laughs> yeah. He definitely ate shit. He's kind of obscured because the sand is like pushed up around him, but you can kind of see like the top of his like messy hair up out of the sand. I feel like she'd kind of painfully crawl over to his head and like put her hands on his face and be like, can you move? (laughs) Are you just ahead? He goes, oh, I'm just sticking around. 
And uh, that's when you notice, like, almost it looks like a little twig is sticking out of the sand around him. Probably about where his uh, midsection would be. Is there blood? Not on top of the sand. If I gingerly dig, like, I start to gingerly try to uncover him so he can... Yeah, it looks like the twig is attached to a much larger branch. And he is absolutely pierced through the abdomen. You are wounded. He looks down at it. He almost tries to laugh it off, like, yeah, that's not the worst thing that happened to me, though. And he, like, chuckles almost, like, <laughs> and, like, coughs and, like, raises his arm out of the sand to, like, cover the cough and then pulls back and his hand is not only sandy but covered in blood. And it's like, oh, that one's new. All right, just looks fucking horrified. This is all my fault. This is all my fault. On your side, Ari? Uh, it hits you in a slow wave, but you start to feel the pang of like each little cut and each little scrape. Uh, it is more intense than you felt it before. You're clearly hurt, but you know it is a a new level of hurt. It almost is like as if you were on anesthesia before and got a cut. Oh, like the adrenaline of being worried about Hank. Yeah, it also feels like, you know, you're frail, like you've been stripped of something. So she would probably just like kind of all of a sudden go like super pale and like lean forward, hugging her stomach like. Ugh. So not only uh, does it feel like one, you're injured more than you've ever been injured two you're feeling more frail than you've ever felt before. Uh, three, you feel a disconnect. Almost as if uh, Lathander's presence is gone. Well, man, that would hit her like a slap in the face. Like, she would be devastated. Just, like, horror. Like, her fingers would dig into the sand and she'd go, Hank, he's gone. Hank, I'm alone. There's no response. Hank doesn't say anything? No. Uh, it almost looks like he's looking down at his hand, but uh, his hand is kind of just, like, resting on his stomach. Hank, can you hear me? You hear, like, almost a low, like, uh, like he, he's trying to say something, but he's still really, really bad. Uh, She's going to go ahead and, like, even though she's in agony, she, like, drags herself over to him and cradles his head. Uh, and I'm going to cast Spare the Dying, which is one of my cantrips, because I think he's dying. <laughs> let's look at that spell real quick well like is he unconscious it says uh you touch a living creature that has zero hit points the creature becomes stable yeah he's definitely blacked out but this seems like something a little bit worse than that seems like worse than death <laughs> a, a lot worse than death oh you with feeling lathander being gone would probably assume that Hank is probably feeling something also like that. Mm. Additionally, these beings, these gods, are kind of like the essence of you. Like, you exist because they exist. Mm. And because they almost will you to exist. Oh my god, she's willing him to not exist? Holy balls! <laughs> I was going to say, you're not sure at this point because you can't 
see them and you uh, you know you can't feel them anymore but this is a bad situation okay i feel like she'd just like start frantically trying to dig him up like nope we're gonna nope 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 denial is the first stage nope nope (laughs) like (laughs) you manage to dig him out and you know he's you probably shouldn't move him but you at least like dig around him so that way you can see all of hank yeah and yeah he is fucked like the hand that he didn't cough in is definitely like facing the wrong direction like, he looks like, you know, as if you would be thrown from a blast through half a forest. Okay, 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 okay. She's kind of just freaking out over him going, okay, okay. Uh, and she would gingerly put her hands on his face and uh, breathe and cast Healing Hands. So as you go to cast Healing Hands, there's... Definitely something going on with Hank that is kind of outside your field of expertise. Oh, no. It is very disturbing as he doesn't seem to be like, you've seen people die. Like, it's part of the job. Right. It almost seems like he's fading away. Like, I don't want to use the Avengers trope. Of, like, the snap. I don't feel very good. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, no. Awful. But, like, <laughs> y- you can almost see him, like, it almost wisps off him like little ash. When you cast healing hands on him, it kind of, like, brings him back together a little bit. And then he starts to do it again. Uh, you start to notice that your hands are doing it, too, as you're, like, trying to heal him. And yours are coming off like little shades, like little flecks of like sparkling light. She just looks at her hands. I know that I have done wrong and I know I deserve this after whatever this was must have been my fault. But Hank didn't deserve this. Don't take him because of me. Let him be. And she she's just shouting on a beach. Let him be. Um, and then, like, gently hugs him, and she's crying, because she just, it's almost like she's trying to smush him back together, like, <laughs> like put the pieces back, almost like a sad sandcastle. If we were to describe that shot, there's the you, you kind of shouting to whoever is listening, let him be, and there's a very nice, solemn, far-out pan shot of the scene. Of the two of you on the beach like that. As you are holding Hank and trying to basically almost smush him back together. Like will him to to be okay. (laughs) um, You see some of the ash and some of the light from him and from you kind of like intertwine. And it like makes, like, a little solid piece and, like, falls into the sand. Like, next to me? Yeah. Like, not quite light, not quite sand, but it's just, like, almost like a pebble of, like, oh, like, that reacted. Can I reach out and touch it? You can. It feels warm. So she takes it, and she kind of puts it against Hank's chest, and she's thinking. And... She kind of looks to the skies again, like, as if beseeching Lathander. And she's like, take me, not him. Whatever it takes. But don't punish him because of me. And then she 
would bury her face and try to like rub her dust off on him like like mash herself into him kind of thing like she kisses his forehead kind of deal and like she's trying to rub off all her shit on him like so he'll be solid we'll say that what happens first is that you bury him into your arms and you go to like almost give him like a little peck on the forehead of like you know just a very nurturing like every everything's gonna be okay kind of thing yeah and it feels feathery feathery like my lips feel feathery or his face feels feathery? no like like his face feels feathery and the weight of his body when you're like going to hold him is reducing 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 oh no She's probably horrified, thinking, like, oh, no, I've killing him more. Yeah, there's still something there, but it's much smaller than what Hank should be. I look down. What am I holding? Uh, you are holding a raven. Uh, the branch is, you know, not in it, but it still looks banged up. But you feel a connection to it, both, like, life-wise like, if something happens to this bird, something's going to happen to me. Yeah. It's like a calcifer kind of deal. But spiritually, <laughs> exactly like a calcifer kind of deal. But also, like, spiritually, you can kind of feel like, this is Hank. Hank is still hurt, but this is Hank. And it's not turning to ash. She would, like, really su- super gentle, like, be cradling this raven. Is she also still disintegrating? No. And just kind of be, like, hor- like both horrified and amazed, like, like nothing else is happening. Okay. And she's going to, like, take, like, her skirt and kind of wrap gently this raven in it so that way she can carry him. <laughs> like <laughs> Behind you, the island lights still emanate that blue, that purple, that green, and it's kind of, like, oscillated out more into almost a, I don't want to say a fog, but, like, an aura is sweeping over the tree line. Okay. Uh, not as fast as the explosion, but it's it's almost like it's like seeping. Oh, I don't like that very much. Yeah, it doesn't look like you can go back that way. Okay. Uh, I look around. Is is there like anything that we can like hide under or something looks safe? The beach is fairly empty, and as you look around, actually, you realize you can't see the spirits anymore. Oh no! The only thing that you can really see is a small rowboat lapping in the waves held down by a rock and a rope. Ari, Ari looks pretty upsetty spaghetti that this is her option, but just is like, well, <laughs> and, and carefully kind of with her skirt lifted, like drags herself over to this boat. Do I happen to see the owner of the boat anymore? Like anywhere? Like he survived the blast? You do not. So who knows what happened to Romig? Well, hopefully he really loves his son. Maybe he'll be with him forever now. I don't know. And she just kind of gets into the boat and, like, pulls up the rock into the boat. Gets back out of the boat after gently putting Hank in. She, like, rips her skirt and makes, like, a little nest for him in the bottom. She then tries to push, the sh- like, the boat past the waves kind of deal. I will fix this somehow. I promise. And we'll end the session there. Thank you for tuning in to Standard Array. Help our show grow by leaving us a review on your podcast player of choice and sharing us with your friends, players, and DMs. Also, please make sure to follow us on social media or on our Discord server for our next adventure. 
Links are in this episode's description. 